everyone, this is Dr. Gala. Welcome to your Health Connection. It's great to be with you. This podcast is designed to give you natural solutions to your health problems based upon my 35 years of experience as a functional medicine practitioner. I love helping individuals experiencing complicated conditions when nothing else has worked. Each week, I'll be giving you health tips and strategies that you can implement to improve your health and function at your best. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Are you always tired, gaining weight, feeling depressed, and can't stand going out in the cold? These are all signs that you might have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disorder. Autoimmune means that your immune system has gone rogue and has begun to attack your own tissues. In Hashimoto's, your antibodies are attacking your thyroid tissue, decreasing the function of your thyroid gland. In order to treat, prevent, or reverse autoimmune disease, you'll need to get your immune system back under control. Symptoms of Hashimoto's include fatigue, hair loss, weight gain, sensitivity to the cold, PMS, brain fog, swollen face, constipation, dry skin, frequent urination, depression, and or anxiety. Today we'll be going over the underlying root causes of Hashimoto's, the best tests to run, and natural solutions to help you become symptom-free. An estimated 27 million Americans have some form of thyroid dysfunction, and the American Thyroid Association estimates that 12% of the U.S. population can expect to develop thyroid dysfunction. That's one person in every eight. According to PubMed, Hashimoto's is the most common cause of low thyroid function known as hypothyroidism, and about 90 to 95% of cases of hypothyroidism are due to Hashimoto's. Your thyroid is your body's engine. It powers all of your metabolic processes. It keeps you energized, manages your heart rate, keeps your digestive system moving, regulates your mood, and maintains your body temperature, cholesterol levels, and menstrual cycles. When you have Hashimoto's, your immune system has become overstressed and is mistakenly attacking your own thyroid tissue, causing your thyroid to become inflamed and then underproduce its hormones. This slows down all of your metabolic processes and, as I previously mentioned, can lead to weight gain, digestive issues, hair loss, fatigue, constipation, depression, enlarged thyroid, joint stiffness, muscle weakness, puffy eyes, sensitivity to the cold, slow heart rate, and swelling in your extremities. Let's look at the reported underlying causes of Hashimoto's. Inflammation underlies almost all of the chronic health problems we see in our office, and Hashimoto's is no exception. We know that chronic inflammation suppresses your hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis, also known as your HPT axis. And here's how your HPT axis works. When your hypothalamus, located in your brain, senses low levels of thyroid hormone in your blood, it responds by releasing thyrotrophin-releasing hormone. This hormone stimulates your pituitary gland to produce thyroid-stimulating hormone, known as TSH. Thyroid-stimulating hormone stimulates your thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormone, to return the levels of thyroid hormone in your blood back to normal. When inflammation suppresses your HPT access, it reduces your thyroid hormone production, decreases the number of thyroid hormone receptors on your cells, and decreases the conversion of your thyroid hormone 
T4 to T3, the active form that's responsible for your metabolism. T4 consists of the amino acid tyrosine and four iodine molecules. T4 must be converted to T3 before your body can use it. Most of this conversion happens in your liver, but also takes place in the cells of your gut, heart, muscle, and nerves. These cells convert T4 to T3 with an enzyme that removes one molecule of iodine. In the end, only about 60% of T4 is converted into usable T3. 20% becomes reverse T3, known as RT3, an inactive form your body can't use. Your levels of RT3 can become too high in times of major trauma or chronic illness or fasting. Another 20% of T4 can be converted to T3 by healthy gut bacteria in your digestive tract. Stress contributes to the development of Hashimoto's because when you're stressed, your body goes into the fight-or-flight response and releases the hormones cortisol and adrenaline. These fight-or-flight hormones cause your body to, to direct resources away from functions that aren't crucial in a life-threatening situation. If you think a tiger's chasing you, your body's going to devote energy and resources to running away, not to digesting or converting your T4 to its active form T3. Cortisol works to, to suppress your immune system and digestion and increases your production of blood sugar to boost energy to the large muscles in your body so that you can run faster. And adrenaline tells your body to increase your heart and respiratory rate and to expand airways to push more oxygen into your muscles. The fight-or-flight response itself is meant to be short-term and adaptive, which makes sense. When your body goes into that mode, your normal immune system is, is temporarily shut down. Our ancestors probably experienced stress every couple of weeks when they were chased down by an animal. Then once they got to safety, they probably didn't express, experience stress for another week or two. Nowadays, most of us are in fight or flight 8 to 10 hours a day. We have freeway stress, relationship stress, finances, school, work, and listening to the news. When you're in the fight or flight state chronically, the cascading inflammatory response is set up and is implicated in most health, chronic health problems. A review published in June 2017 in the journal Frontiers in Human Neuroscience concluded that inflammation is a common pathway of stress-related diseases. The authors wrote that chronic inflammation is an, an essential component of chronic diseases. In our practice, we almost always look for underlying GI problems in our Hashimoto's patients. 80% of your immune system is located in your gut, and you can't have a healthy immune system if you don't have a healthy gut. If you have an autoimmune disease, you very likely have a leaky gut or intestinal dysbiosis. When your intestines are chronically inflamed from intestinal dysbiosis, a condition in which there's an imbalance of both the good and bad microorganisms within your intestine, the tight junctions that hold your gut lining together become loose and allow undigested food particles, bacteria, viruses, toxins, and other unwanted particles to escape from your gut and enter your bloodstream. Your immune system will detect these particles as foreign invaders, attack them, and produce inflammatory chemicals such as histamine and cytokines. 
and this can lead to chronic inflammation. This continual strain on your immune system eventually causes it to go haywire, and it attacks your own tissues by mistake. This is autoimmune disease. Having a leaky gut can also lead to impaired nutrient absorption. This includes nutrients such as iodine and selenium, which are vital for the health of your thyroid gland. About 20% of the conversion of T4 to T3 takes place in your GI tract. Your friendly gut bacteria can convert inactive T4 into the active form T3 in your small intestine. Thyroid function is also closely related to small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, commonly known as SIBO. In a healthy individual, the majority of microbes are concentrated in the large intestine. When you have SIBO, certain bacteria can move up from your large intestine and colonize your small intestine, causing bloating, gas, pain and distension, constipation or diarrhea. If you'd like to listen to an in-depth discussion of SIBO, please listen to podcast number three. A 2007 study found that among people with a history of autoimmune hypothyroidism, 54% had a positive breath test for SIBO, compared to 5% of controls. And the fact that an altered microbiota has been implicated in countless other autoimmune diseases, it's quite likely that dysbiosis plays a significant role in Hashimoto's. You may think you don't have any infections, or you may not even have considered this as a potential root cause that can cause autoimmunity, but a variety of both bacterial and viral infections have been implicated in triggering Hashimoto's. Infections can hide anywhere in your body. They can be in your gums, sinuses, gut, and even in your thyroid gland. They can contribute to the development of autoimmunity in three different ways depending upon the location. If the infection lives outside of your thyroid gland, the infection may trigger thyroid autoimmunity through a mechanism known as molecular mimicry. This is when the infection has similar proteins to to your thyroid gland. So your immune system starts to attack the infection, but it also attacks your thyroid gland. Numerous infectious pathogens have protein sequences similar to the thyroid gland and can trigger an autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's. If the infection lives inside your thyroid gland, it may trigger autoimmunity through a mechanism known as bystander effect. This happens when your immune system tries to attack your thyroid gland because that's where the infection is living. It's like destroying the home of an enemy in the hopes of destroying the enemy who lives there. Many viruses fall into this triggering mechanism. Antibodies for these viruses have been found in the thyroid, and blood testing can confirm their existence as well. If the infection lives in your gut, gums, or sinuses, the infection is likely to trigger intestinal permeability, commonly known as leaky gut. We see several types of infections in patients with Hashimoto's. We see small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, parasites, yeast overgrowth, and viral infections. Yeast grow in your intestine and suppress your immune function. They acidify your digestive environment and also impair the absorption of immunity-supporting nutrients. One type of yeast called candida can cause leaky gut and may cause food sensitivities, autoimmune disease progression, and other problems. Common bacterial infections found in people with Hashimoto's are Yersinia, H. pylori, the bacteria that causes ulcers, Borrelia, which 
is associated with Lyme disease and streptococcus. Antibodies for Yersinia are found in people with Hashimoto's 14 times more often than people who don't have Hashimoto's. In one study, 86% of autoimmune thyroid patients tested positive for H. pylori versus 40% of non-autoimmune thyroid patients. Blastocystis hominis is a very common parasite found in people with Hashimoto's. Multiple studies have linked it with IBS and hives, which are two conditions very commonly associated with Hashimoto's. Some viruses have been shown to be the cause of autoimmune conditions, including Epstein-Barr virus, parvovirus, enterovirus, and herpes. Research has found direct evidence of the Epstein-Barr virus in the thyroid cells of people who have Hashimoto's. In a 2015 Polish study, the Epstein-Barr virus was found in the thyroid cells of 80% of people with Hashimoto's, while controls did not have Epstein-Barr virus present in their thyroid cells. Epstein-Barr virus is part of the herpes family and is very common. 95% of a American adults will have picked it up by the age of 40. It's transmitted by saliva and can cause mononucleosis, or it can present without any symptoms. The Epstein-Barr virus will live dormant in your body for years. It's normally kept under tight control by EBV-specific immune responses in your body, especially by types of immune fighter cells. You lose these immune fighter cells as you age. So the older you get, the fewer of these cells you'll have. That's why those who contracted EBV in childhood, when they would have had more fighter cells, may not have had any symptoms. But by the time people are exposed to EBV in college, their fighter cells have declined threefold. So they're more susceptible to it, and thus they may experience greater symptoms. People may be more vulnerable to the effects of EBV due to a low level of these immune cells and the virus can essentially hijack your thyroid or other organs and hide there. When immune cells in your body encounter virus-infected cells, they'll release immune proteins called cytokines. The cytokines kill the Epstein-Barr virus cells, but they also kill other healthy cells in your thyroid, where where the virus is hiding out. And this is called the bystander effect. Many studies have suggested that herpes simplex virus Infections are involved in a variety of autoimmune diseases. In a 2013 study, blood and clinical examinations supported its possible role in the onset of Hashimoto's. Factors such as physical and emotional stress have been cited as triggers of HSV reactivation, along with decreased levels of thyroid hormones. Insulin resistance can worsen Hashimoto's. When you eat sugary and refined foods on a regular basis, your body overproduces insulin. Insulin is a horse that carries the sugar in your blood to your cells and knocks on the door of the cell to allow the sugar into your cell to make energy. If if you eat sugary and refined foods on a regular basis, eventually the constant surges of insulin, insulin exhaust your body cells and they refuse entry to the insulin. This is called insulin resistance. Because glucose or sugar can't get into your cells, your blood sugar levels will climb too high. Your body lowers it to safer levels by converting excess glucose into fat for storage. This is a demanding process that also causes fatigue. Reduced uptake of glucose by your cells and high circulating amounts of sugar in your bloodstream 
promote the inflammation that causes autoimmune diseases such as Hashimoto's. Signs of insulin resistance include fatigue, constant hunger, constant craving for sweets, waist girth equal to or larger than hip girth, frequent urination, increased appetite and thirst, difficulty losing weight, and aches and pains throughout the body. Research has shown that up to 50% of those with Hashimoto's have blood sugar problems. One study that reviewed the current literature on the relationship between thyroid dysfunction and metabolic disorders highlighted the fact that patients with diabetes were up to three times more likely to develop a thyroid disorder. This correlation is due in part to the fact that increased stress to your body will cause damage to your thyroid. Hormone imbalances can contribute to Hashimoto's. There's a strong relationship between sex hormones and thyroid hormone because all of the hormone systems in your body are connected. This can help to explain why pregnancy can trigger Hashimoto's and why Hashimoto's is more common in women. In a study of women who had polycystic ovarian syndrome, some of whom also had Hashimoto's, Scientists wanted to find out why some women with PCOS got Hashimoto's and why some didn't. For a detailed discussion about PCOS, please listen to my podcast number 11. PCOS is characterized by insulin resistance, adrenal imbalance, elevated levels of testosterone, and cysts on your ovaries. The researchers in this study ran hormonal tests on all of the women involved in the study and determined that excess estrogen, also known as estrogen dominance, can trigger Hashimoto's. The study showed more Hashimoto's thyroiditis, elevated thyroid-stimulating hormone, and elevated thyroid antibodies in the study participants with higher estrogen levels. This was not surprising, as excess estrogen has also been linked to thyroid cancer. Estrogen suppresses thyroid hormone and increases your need for TSH, while progesterone stimulates thyroid hormone, so excess estrogen levels and low progesterone levels can cause hypothyroidism. In a 2013 randomized controlled trial of women who had hot flashes, those who took a progesterone medication saw an increase in thyroid hormone levels. Beyond the estrogen-thyroid connection, there's an immune connection as well. In hypothyroidism, it's challenging for the body to detoxify estrogen due to impaired liver function. Your estrogen is detoxified via your liver. Prolonged exposure to excessive estrogen can lead to an increase in anti-TPO antibodies and the development of autoimmune thyroid conditions. Estrogen has been found to perpetuate inflammatory and autoimmune disease while progesterone deficiency and estrogen fluctuations can worsen autoimmune attacks. The reason for this may be the effect of hormones on the immune system. Pro-inflammatory immune cells or attack cells identify particles as foreign or non-self cells. Estrogen appears to enhance pro-inflammatory response, and low progesterone appears to do the same. This may be another connection in the development of Hashimoto's during menopause or after pregnancy, where there's a drop in progesterone and a rise in the pro-inflammatory attack cells in the immune system, which can lead to the auto-attack that causes autoimmune disease. Let's look at some of the causes of excess estrogen that can lead to estrogen dominance. 
The hormones in birth control pills suppress your body's production of estrogen and progesterone through a negative feedback loop mechanism. Birth control pills flood your body with high doses of artificial estrogen and progesterone, causing your production of natural hormones to turn off, preventing ovulation, thinning your uterine lining, and can lead to a hormonal imbalance such as estrogen dominance. The synthetic hormones in conventional hormone replacement therapy, often prescribed in perimenopause and menopause to address the uncomfortable symptoms, can lead to estrogen dominance in much the same way as hormonal birth control. Certain chemicals called xenoestrogens can mimic estrogen in your body. Xenoestrogens are in cosmetics, insecticides, herbicides, plastics, and oil. It's possible that exposure to these chemicals may increase thyroid-stimulating hormone and trigger the autoimmune process. Excess body fat can be a source of estrogen, as fat cells produce an excess of estrogen, and these fat cells have the ability to convert testosterone into estrogen through an enzyme called aromatase. Losing weight and reducing overall fat can help to reduce estrogen production. Estrogen is detoxified in your liver and then eliminated through your colon. Liver detoxification may be impaired if you have Hashimoto's, as you may have nutrient deficiencies, impaired methylation, possibly called, caused by an MTHFR gene mutation that's common with autoimmunity. If you're constipated, which can be related to hypothyroidism, estrogen may recirculate through your body, making it challenging to lower your estrogen levels. Having high levels of an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase in your colon can lead to estrogen dominance because this enzyme literally breaks apart the estrogen bonds that are coming in through your liver and liberates them. When that estrogen is liberated, it can then be reabsorbed through the wall of your colon and back into your blood, leading to estrogen dominance. If estrogen is high or normal but progesterone is low, it's possible to still experience estrogen dominance. Stress is often a main cause of low progesterone. When your body's under stress, making sex hormones to keep you fertile is not a priority, so your body will slow down production of progesterone in favor of producing the stress hormone cortisol. Food sensitivities can cause immune reactions and increased inflammation from the production of inflammatory white blood cells. These inflammatory white blood cells fuel thyroid autoantibodies that attack your thyroid and cause it to become either over or underactive. IgG antibodies are thought to be responsible for creating thyroid antibodies in Hashimoto's. These reactions may take anywhere from a few hours up to actually 72 hours after contact with an allergen. An example would be, let's say you have an allergy to eggs and you eat an egg on Sunday and you've done a blood test, you have IgG antibodies to eggs, you may not experience the symptoms until Wednesday. Symptoms can include fatigue, acid reflux, bloating, IBS, anxiety, or headaches. The most common food sensitivities in people with Hashimoto's are gluten, number one, dairy, soy, most grains, corn, nightshades, including potatoes, tomatoes, and peppers, nuts, and seeds. Toxins, heavy metals, pesticides, chemicals, and mold toxins can cause Hashimoto's. While heavy metals are abundant in the environment, four specific heavy metals damage the thyroid the most. Those heavy metals include aluminum, 
cadmium, lead, and mercury. Commonly found in toiletries like deodorant, over-the-counter medications like antacids, food additives, cookware, and vaccines, aluminum oxidizes the thyroid, inhibits iodine uptake, limits thyroid hormone production, and can mislead your immune system to attack your thyroid, as seen when you have autoimmune disease. Cadmium is present in batteries, pigments, plastics, and phosphate-based fertilizers. Cadmium triggers thyroid enlargement, produces multinodular goiters of the thyroid, reduces thyroglobulin secretion, and can induce thyroid cancer. Lead remains high in the environment thanks to its use in paint used in old housing, some metal jewelry, children's toys, mining, and other forms of industrialization. Lead exposure in work environments alone has been linked to reduced thyroid function and increased levels of thyroid-stimulating hormone. Mercury found in seafood, dental amalgams, and pollution produced by coal-burning power plants lowers iodine uptake in the thyroid and prevents thyroid hormone production. PDBEs found in furniture, carpet padding, clothing made of synthetic materials, and the screens of electronic devices imitate thyroid hormone structure, allowing PBDEs to bind to a particular class of proteins called transporters that T4, your thyroid hormone, usually binds to, thereby blocking T4 from being transported in the blood. This activity disturbs estrogen function, making postmenopausal women especially vulnerable to PBDEs. Bisphenol A or BPA is used to make plastic for water bottles, children's toys, and food storage containers. BPA changes the structure of your thyroid gland and inhibits T3 from binding to another class of proteins called receptors, in which T3 uses to produce changes in your body. Thyroid function is also diminished by triclosan, an antibacterial agent found in some liquid hand soaps, and PFOA, an agent used in stain-resistant fabrics, food wrappers, and non-stick con- uh, cookware. Dioxin, a byproduct of pesticide production, plastic making, and other manufacturing processes, reduces your thyroid function by mimicking your thyroid hormone structure and decreases T4 levels. Pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides wreck thyroid function by altering thyroid hormone gene expression, preventing the uptake of iodine into the thyroid, blocking thyroid hormone from binding to its transport proteins, lowering the absorption of thyroid hormone into thyroid cells and promoting thyroid hormone removal from the body. Nutrient deficiencies, in particular, deficiencies of vitamin D, selenium, iodine, zinc, and iron are commonly found in Hashimoto's. So let's take a look at some of the best tests to run. First, it's important to run a full thyroid panel, including TSH, T4, free T3, TPO, thyroid antiglobulin antibody, or TAA, thyroxin binding globulin, TBG, and RT3. High levels of RT3 slow down your metabolism to make your body more efficient when you're fasting, but if it continues too long, it's going to be very, very difficult to lose weight because the RT3 will occupy the receptors so your T3 can't get in and metabolize. 
Fasting insulin is the best way to check for insulin resistance. Your level will be high if you have insulin resistance. I always recommend doing a DNA stool test to check for bacterial pathogens, yeast overgrowth, parasites, worms, viruses, the levels of your probiotic bacteria, pancreatic enzymes, gut inflammation, and immunity. It also checks for high levels of beta-glucuronidase, the enzyme I mentioned earlier, that breaks apart your conjugated estrogen bonds that are on their way out of your body. If you have high levels of this enzyme, your estrogen can be liberated, cross back over into your blood, and cause estrogen dominance. It can also increase your risk for breast cancer. The Dutch hormone test looks at all your sex hormones, all three of your estrogens, your progesterone levels, testosterone, your male androgens, DHEA. It also checks your liver detoxification pathways to see how well you're eliminating, binding up and eliminating your estrogen. And it looks at your cycling cortisol levels. It's a really important test to do if you have Hashimoto's. It's important also to do a 24-hour urine collection of iodine to see if your iodine level is too high or too low. Because with Hashimoto's, studies have shown both too high and too low levels of iodine. So you'd want to do that test before you take iodine. I recommend doing a urine elements test to check for high levels of the heavy metals we discussed, the mercury, the lead, the cadmium, the aluminum, and do a food allergy panel to check for both IgE, which is immediate response, and IgG antibody levels to foods and environmental substances. So now let's look at some of the natural solutions for addressing symptoms of Hashimoto's. The steps you need to take to overcome your autoimmune symptoms include treating inflammation, balancing your GI imbalances, getting rid of infections, and treating your leaky gut, correcting adrenal imbalances and any insulin resistance, and eliminating inflammatory foods, chemicals, and toxins. The first step is to remove immune-reacting foods from your diet. You must let your system rest and let your gut heal if you want to normalize your immune system and thyroid gland functions. Here are the most important steps to controlling Hashimoto's disease using your diet. First, it's very important to follow an anti-inflammatory, low-sugar, allergy-free diet called the autoimmune protocol diet. You want to do this for at least two to six months. The foods you should avoid include all dairy products, gluten because it's one of the biggest autoimmune and allergen culprits that can cause leaky gut, grains, corn, nuts and seeds, dried fruit, fruits, nightshade vegetables, including tomatoes, eggplants, potatoes, and peppers, vegetable oils, including canola, soybean, cottonseed, corn, peanut, and safflower, and fast foods and packaged food products made with these refined oils because they're inflammatory and they're very low in nutrients. Beans, chocolate, sugar, because sugar will cause inflammation in your gut, contribute to blood sugar fluctuations, and lead to weight gain. Alternative sweeteners, sucralose, aspartame, sugar alcohols, coffee, alcohol, and all processed foods. You want to do this for at least, at least 30 days, maybe 60 days, depending on how soon your symptoms start to go away. Here are the foods that you want to eat. Pastured beef, pastured poultry and eggs, Wild-caught, especially fatty fish, rich in omega-3 fatty acids, 
all vegetables except the nightshade vegetables, and 70% of what's on your plate should be non-starchy vegetables. You can eat some low-sugar fruit, including blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, kiwi, lemon, lime, and pomegranate. Olive, avocado, and coconut oil. Herbs like garlic and turmeric, bone broth, and green tea. The next step is to address your adrenal function. Your adrenal glands are your body's emergency system. When your body is under chronic stress, your adrenals will send out cortisol into your bloodstream and weaken your endocrine system, liver, and digestive system, and will slow down your thyroid function. Address your adrenal function by taking adrenal glandulars and adaptogenic herbs, such as ashwagandha, licorice, bacopa, holy basil, or rhodiola. The third step is to identify and kill any pathogens found on your DNA stool test. I recommend antimicrobials to kill bacteria, antifungals to address yeast overgrowth, and antivirals such as lauric acid to address viruses. There are several ways viral and bacterial infections may trigger Hashimoto's. I explained earlier how a leaky gut can lead to molecular mimicry in which your immune system attacks your thyroid in a case of mistaken identity, and infections can have the same effect. Your immune system will mistake your thyroid tissues for the virus or bacteria in your body and begin attacking your thyroid. There are a number of infections associated with autoimmune diseases, and there are five specifically often found in people with Hashimoto's. These include herpes virus, Epstein-Barr, hepatitis C, helicobacter pylori, and Yersinia. These are common infections and often show no symptoms, so you might never know you've been infected. You may also need to take enzymes or hydrochloric acid for proper digestion, re-inoculate the proper probiotics. I always start with the soil-based probiotics, especially with patients who have SIBO. Again, in my podcast number three, I give you a good explanation of gut health. If you have Hashimoto's, repairing your gut is vital to reversing your symptoms. 80% of your immune system is located in your digestive system. If you have a leaky gut, you'll be producing inflammatory chemicals that are keeping you inflamed. I recommend products such as glutamine, zinc carnosine, and collagen for helping to repair your gut. The next step is to remove toxins from your diet and environment. You'll want to minimize your exposure to chemicals by filtering your water and air, choosing all organic food and low mercury fish, buying non-toxic body products, and pastured meats. After you've killed any pathogens in your gut, re-inoculate the good probiotic bacteria and heal your gut lining. I then recommend detoxifying and alkalizing your body and supporting your liver detoxification pathways by following a medical food metabolic detoxification program. The one I use has been uh, well studied and found to be very effective in alkalizing your body and removing heavy metals. Let's now look at the best natural supplements for Hashimoto's. Iodine is one of two components your thyroid uses to produce its hormones. That's the 4 and T4, the 3 and T3, it's iodine. According to scientific research, iodine appears to be very important in treating and even preventing autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's. It's important to note that excessive iodine supplementation can also be detrimental and actually increase antibodies in your thyroid gland, so definitely check your levels before you start taking it. 
Selenium is needed to convert your thyroid hormones to their active state and reduce Hashimoto's antibodies. A study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism found that patients who treated selenium deficiency through supplementation experienced a 40% reduction in thyroid antibodies on average, compared to a 10% increase in the placebo group. In a 2010 meta-analysis, researchers found that selenium, when added to conventional treatment of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, improved biomarkers. Vitamin D promotes a healthy immune system. Researchers found that more than 90% of patients with thyroid disorders are deficient in vitamin D, and one study found that a significant number of patients with Hashimoto's have a genetic mutation in the vitamin D receptors that reduces the activity of vitamin D. It's really important to have your vitamin D levels checked. Zinc plays a role in converting thyroid hormone to its active state and is also important for the lining of your GI tract. Iron converts iodine from your diet to form thyroid hormones and helps to convert thyroid hormones to their active state. Check your levels of iron. B vitamins are important for energy maintenance and many cellular and metabolic functions. In a clinical study published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, the majority of patients with Hashimoto's given 600 milligrams per day of thiamine, or B1, experience complete regression of fatigue within a few hours or days. Chaseberry is an herb, and it's commonly used to treat female hormone imbalances such as PMS symptoms and menopausal symptoms. Balancing your female hormones is really important if you have Hashimoto's. It's always important to test. I highly recommend that Dutch test because it's the gold standard for checking hormones. Glutathione is your body's most important or powerful detoxifier, critical for supporting your immune system and clearing toxins out of your body. And it's the most abundant antioxidant naturally found in your body. Curcumin is an antioxidant that supports your immune function and reduces inflammation. Numerous studies show that taking glutamine or L-glutamine can help reduce intestinal permeability. Taking probiotics are the good bacteria. We know that antibiotic medications found in a lot of our foods, such as meat and dairy, or also taking uh, antibiotics for infections can wipe out your good bacteria, and the bad bacteria then can proliferate, leading to intestinal dysbiosis and leaky gut. It's important to replenish these good bacteria with probiotics and restore your gut health. Recent research shows that probiotics reverse leaky gut by supporting the tight junction proteins that act as a barrier between your gut and your bloodstream. L-glutamine, we mentioned before, is also important for healthy intestinal cells, and it's important for maintaining proper intestinal barrier function. It can help reduce inflammation and repair the lining of your small intestine if you have a leaky gut. A small randomized study on type 2 diabetics showed that a combination of oral L-glutamine and protein restored insulin response. EPA and DHA, essential fatty acids, help manage inflammation and autoimmunity, provide the precursors to balance your hormones and support healthy brain and nervous system function. Resveratrol is a powerful free radical fighter which supports a healthy inflammatory response. We mentioned the adaptogenic herbs before, so helpful in balancing your adrenal function. If your cortisol levels are too high, 
Adaptogenic herbs will actually lower your levels. And if your levels are too low, adaptogenics will elevate and balance your levels. So adaptogenic herbs are great for balancing adrenal function. Ashwagandha has been proven to help reduce thyroid and adrenal issues by boosting your ability to cope with stress and balance hormones. Medical research that shows that it helps balance thyroid hormone, the thyroid hormone T4, which is critical if you're going to overcome Hashimoto's. Other adaptogenic herbs include maca, ginseng, rhodiola, holy basil, licorice, and reishi mushrooms. Relieving your stress is very important because stress hormones have many negative effects on your thyroid. Stress hormones slow down your thyroid hormone production and reduce the conversion of thyroid hormone from T4 to T3. I frequently recommend both thyroid and adrenal glandulars. An article titled Adrenal and Thyroid Supplementation Outforms Nutritional Supplementation and Medications for Autoimmune Thyroiditis published in the June 2014 issue of Journal of Integrative Medicine. This article reviews the case of a 49-year-old woman who presented with Hashimoto's, a goiter, fatigue, bloating, and acid reflux, and other symptoms. She was taking thyroid and not helped her symptoms, so she followed a functional medicine program that involved taking iodine and glandular support for both her thyroid and adrenals. As a result of following the program and taking the thyroid and adrenal glandulars, she was able to discontinue taking Synthroid, and her thyroid condition completely resolved. And after three years, she was still in remission. Finding out what works best for you to relieve your stress is an important step in your healing. Whether it's deep breathing, meditation, going for a walk, a run, whatever you need to prevent yourself from slipping into a state of chronic stress, it's really important to find the time to do it. The best way of dealing with stress that I've discovered is gaining an understanding of something called the three principles. About three years ago, my husband and I were introduced to this very simple explanation about how all of our minds work and that our feelings are a result of our thinking. What I love about the three principles is that there's no technique, there's nothing you have to do, there's nothing you have to buy, you don't have to go anywhere to discover it. You just simply watch YouTube videos, and there are lots of them. It's called The Three Principles. Discover how simple this is. One of my favorite speakers is called Dickon Bettinger, B-E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. He's a PhD psychologist. He's very soft. He's easy to listen to, and he gives you a great explanation about the three principles. If you'd like a consultation or any of the products I mentioned today, please visit me at drgala.com. That's D-R-G-A-I-L-A.com. And just click on podcast. Please follow and like our page and stay in touch by hitting subscribe. I thank you all so much for listening.